when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sari Delamont with you here today. How's everybody holding up? You know, things are just lifting in much of the country. We're still in lockdown here in Oregon, um, slowly lifting, but really have our governor shutting most things down through July 6th. So it's it's a long haul here in Oregon. Um, but hopefully you're hanging in wherever you are, hopefully binging some podcasts. Know that I'm here for you. If you haven't gone to the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group and become a member, you need to do that immediately. Uh, we've been doing a lots of guest webinars during this quarantine time, and we've had Rick Friedman, we've had Randy McGinn, we've had... Dorothy Clay Sims, David Ball, Jesse Wilson, which is what I'm talking about today, the webinar that he and I did. And we're going to be having Ed Capozzi of The Domino Theory and Keith Mitnick of Eat the Bruises or Don't Eat the Bruises coming up. And all of those videos are housed in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group. And you can get in there and talk about them and rewatch them, post your questions, post your questions to me about the podcast about the book, upload videos. We've got nearly 700 members in there now. It's grown exponentially and it's just a really fun and exciting group and we post funny memes and we keep each other engaged and and having fun during this time at least as much as we can. So I invite you to join. It's for plaintiff attorneys only and criminal defense, civil plaintiffs, civil plaintiffs and criminal defense. So speaking of that, that's what we're talking about today is that Jesse Wilson of Tell the Winning Story, tellthewinningstory.com, a very good friend of mine, fellow trial consultant, Juilliard trained actor, and he and I have been friends now for a couple years. He reached out uh, recognizing that we worked in the same circles, worked with the same clients, and we decided to do a webinar together and we picked the topic, how to harness the power of the underdog. And so for those of you who weren't able to see the webinar, again, you can go and watch it in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group. But I thought that some of you may not be webinar people and uh, may want to listen instead. And so here it is, a recap of that webinar and what we talked about, because I think what we discussed is so incredibly important that it warranted me doing another podcast or a podcast episode on it and not just leaving it as the webinar. So we're talking about the underdog story. What we're really talking about is the story that nearly all human beings gravitate toward and love. Think about the story in Rocky or in Rudy or someone said on the web, uh, webinar, Napoleon Dynamite, whatever it might be, we as the audience love to watch the underdog overcome. That is the underdog story, the, the story of the person or people or team that against all odds overcomes an obstacle in order to be successful. 
And it is the winning story. And it is also the story of the plaintiff, is it not? I mean, this is what all of our stories are about. In, in most every case, you represent the underdog. You represent someone going up against a big corporation or going up against the government. You really stand firmly in the underdog story, not just with your clients, but you yourself as civil plaintiff attorneys are also the underdog. The other side has more time, money, resources than you do. And you are choosing instead of settling to go to court and to overcome this huge obstacle, even though you know you start a few, if not many paces behind the defense. You are the ultimate underdog as well. So if the underdog story is so compelling and has so much potential to get the ball over the the line, so to speak, why aren't we winning all of our cases? I mean, the audience, and in this case, the jury is the audience, loves to root for the underdog. And if we see the underdog trying and achieving as jesse wilson said in the webinar we are willing as the audience to give them anything they ask for so something's going wrong something's going wrong and we're going to talk about that today in today's episode of what we're getting wrong about the underdog story and how we can get it right and again i invite you to watch the webinar because it has so much more detail on this and jesse and i just went real real deep and back and forth on this but here's the cliff notes version there are three ways that we are getting the underdog story wrong so the first way that we're getting it wrong is in terms of our client the plaintiff themselves we are as jesse says creating a victim instead of a victor so we put our client in the role of victim and this is not where we need to put them no one roots for victims. I mean, just think about the language victim. In our society now, we no longer call, uh, I was going to say victims of sexual assault, victims, do we? We call them survivors. And by doing that, it changes, at least partially, the experience both for the survivor and those of us viewing the survivor. It's a more empowering word. They're not a victim because victim makes it appear as powerless. Nothing that they can do. We're surviving something means that there's something they achieved. This is exactly the issue that we're talking about when we're talking about plaintiff as victim. When we ask you, Jesse or I or other trial consultants, to tell us about your client, many of you immediately launch into what they cannot do. Well, she can no longer do this, or he can no longer do that, or it's really hard for him to do this, or it's really hard for her to do that. And the entire story that we're telling when we come from that point of view is all of the things that our client can no longer do. Now, as you've heard me say before, as crass as it is, our jurors want bang for their buck, just like any of the rest of us do. They are not going to allow money in their verdict for a victim 
because there's no power there. There's no power for the victim to change their life. There's nothing that that it gives to the jury and or uh, enable it doesn't enable them to to feel powerful in allowing the money in the verdict because it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. We don't want to victimize our plaintiff more than they've already been victimized by the defense. Yes, they have been hurt. Yes, they have been maimed. And yes, in many cases, the person has been killed and we have the plaintiff as the family members that remain behind. But as Jesse says, we always need to tell the try story, not the story of what they can't do, but what they are attempting to do. And we need to highlight how they are succeeding in that, even if it's just a little bit, because that's when we change the victim story into the underdog story. The person who was never, ever supposed to make rightness out of wrongness, but is doing it anyway. The person who, even though they were hit with this huge challenge, has overcome the challenge. That's the story. It That's the underdog story. And we miss out on that. Yes, our client is the underdog. Yes, we are the underdog. But we miss telling the underdog story when we portray our client as a victim. Now, many times people say, but how much overcoming is too much? Meaning if we show the jury that this person has overcome their injuries or overcome what the defense has done, why allow any money? And as Jesse says, there is no such thing as too much overcoming. And I absolutely agree with him. It's not that we're saying to the jury, look, this person's totally fine, so they don't need any assistance. What we're saying to the jury is look at this fighter. Look at this person who has refused to give up. Let me show you example after example of how what has happened to this person is not going to stop them from living the most fulfilling life possible. It's the joy story. As we discussed on the webinar, Brene Brown, who is the very famous researcher on vulnerability and emotions, and she was talking about how in her research on human emotion, she found, to her surprise, the most terrifying emotion that humans have experienced is joy. Is joy. Joy is terrifying. Why? Because The minute that we feel it, we think it can be taken away. And that's exactly the story that you're telling in trial, is it not? You're saying, I mean, without joy, there is no other side. If there's no joy in this person's life, then they've lost nothing. This is the whole point is what we're trying to say. I mean, as Jesse said, without love, there's no betrayal. There's two sides of the coin and it's your job to, yes, show both sides. As Jesse says, we need to scare and then show care, <laughs> right? We need to show that what the defense d- did was dangerous and and could happen to the jurors and that that is a very serious thing indeed and the jurors need to hold them responsible. That's the one side of the coin. But the other side of the coin is the story of joy, both that the person had before this happened and that the person is still try- striving to have now. That's what makes it the underdog story is that they're continuing to try and they're continuing to overcome. And when we see someone trying so hard to overcome, what we want to do is we want to help. 
There is no such thing as overcoming too much or trying too much when it comes to our plaintiffs. So that's the first way that we get this wrong, this idea of the uh, underdog stories. We, we cast our plaintiff in the role of victim instead of the role of victor, which is victim to victor, which is Jesse's, Jesse's thing. Mine from hostage to hero, his is from victim to victor. The second way we get the underdog story wrong is we cast ourselves as the victims in terms of ourselves as trial attorneys. We see uh, that we are those several paces behind. We get the injustice and the unfairness of how plaintiffs have such a heavy burden to prove. And we see how even though it's beyond uh, a preponderance of the evidence that jurors tend to require beyond a reasonable doubt, it all seems so unfair. And you know what? It is unfair on many levels. And yet, casting ourselves as the victim does us no favors. We too are the underdog. And no one wants to hear the underdog or anyone whine and complain. The underdog in you also has to overcome. What do you have to overcome? You have to overcome your fears. You have to overcome the urge to defend every defense, which is what I talked about in the last podcast episode, and act like defense attorneys. You have to overcome your sense of unfairness. Listen, as Rick Friedman says, to to complain about the unfairness in the legal system is like being a firefighter and complaining about smoke. You are needed because it is unfair. That is why you're so needed for your clients and for the world. You're fighting for a better world, not just for your client, but for all the rest of us. And so you need to overcome your sense of this is so unfair and how can everyone, anyone ever prevail in this type of an environment and recognize you have chosen to take up the mantle of the right. And therefore, you are also the underdog. Because you have, yes, a huge obstacle to overcome, but what you also have in your favor is the power of the underdog story. You too get to stand next to your client and and go against these big corporations with more money, time, and resources. And you get to get the jury rooting for you because you have to overcome just like your client has to overcome. Which really brings us to the third way we get this wrong. We not only victimize our client and put them in that role and ourself, we also victimize the jury. This is really where my work comes in, is that yes, as you know, and I firmly believe, jurors, when they enter the courtroom, they are hostages. They do not want to be there. They've been forced to be there. And they will not make good decisions if we keep them in the hostage space. Therefore, the whole point of the from hostage to hero method is to move them from hostage to hero so that they can willingly choose you and your client and take the uh, action of heroism by actively participating. But we victimize the jury who are the ultimate underdogs. Are they not? We, we don't do the hard work here. The jury has to carry the day. They have to go back in there and make the decision to stand up to the big corporations. 
to stand up to the defendant. They're the ones that have to do that. And by holding them as victims, as hostages, and keeping them in that place and saying to yourself and others, because this is what is being said out there in the CLEs and otherwise, the jury is, is our enemy. The whole point of jury selection is to, to deselect jurors, to get the bad ones out of the way and just deal with whoever's left. That holds jurors as victims. It disempowers them. It says there's no way that they would ever see what it is, what we're trying to do. And so the best defense is just to get in there and kill them off. It's bullshit. And it puts them in the category of victim. And now we have just a victim circle. And I'm telling you, my people, this is why we are not winning cases we should win. We show up as a victim, woe is me, we show up with our client in tow and look at them, they're a victim too. And we look at the jury and we go, and you're victims too. I know you don't want to be here. So let me just see who of you really doesn't want to be here the most. Get rid of you and let's just get this shit show on the road. It can be different, people. It can be and it will be if you decide to make it so. And that's what my voice is in this world to do is we can change this around which brings us to the ways to do that. It really all comes down to empowerment. How do we empower our client? Well, we cast them in the role, as Jesse says, of victor, not victim. We show the jury what they can do. We show the jury what they're tempting to do. We show the jury that they've never given up and they're constantly going to try. No matter what, even if this jury decides against them, that is not going to stop them from living the most powerful lives that they can live. This thing that the defense did is not going to stop them. Nothing's going to stop them. That's how we empower our client. And that starts from the very first time we meet with our clients is we refuse. We refuse to see them as broken Yes, something has broken, but they themselves are not broken. And it starts with us, damn it. We have to look at our clients and see them, as we say in Coach's world, naturally creative, resourceful, and whole because they are. They are. They have had something taken away from them, but they are themselves not broken. Legs may have been broken. Arms may have been broken. Spirits (laughs) may have been broken. Spinal cords may have been broken, but they themselves are not broken. And the minute you see that in them, they're going to see it in themselves. Listen, in many cases, you are the first person that listens to them, that actually hears what they've been through. You have enormous, enormous responsibility to help them see themselves as a victor, not a victim. The minute you go into what's wrong with them and what they cannot do anymore, and yes, that is a part of the story. We're going to tell that story because it's going to contradict what they can do. It's going to show more what they can't do versus what they can do. That's going to help us, yes. But you need to start by seeing your clients as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. That's how I hold all my clients. When people come into coaching with me, I tell them right off the bat, you're not here because you're broken. You're perfect the way you are. It's just, what's the next level for you? That's what coaching is about. I'm starting my new coaching program next week with nine new attorneys. 
What's our first class about? How amazing they are. We're going to start from that place and build from there. Not what's wrong with you. That's what we need to do with our clients is we need to see them as whole as they are today and cast them in the role of overcoming because that is what you're going to help them do. We have to start there. As you've heard me say, you set the tone at trial. And that tone gets set way back in the first meeting with your client. Then we need to empower ourselves. We need to fully stand in our power. I'm going to be doing a a podcast episode about 100% responsibility. But I I really believe that when we take 100% responsibility for ourselves and our results and we stand in our power, that's when we stop being becoming victims. When we start to recognize that the reason we're needed is because it is unfair, and instead of complaining about the unfairness, that's when things start to change. That's when we start to become victorious. That's when we start to say, I'm the underdog. Hell yeah, I relish in that role because the underdog is needed and the underdog story is what sells because it's real and authentic and true. And you own that badge proudly instead of whining about it and being upset about it. You go, hell yeah, I'm an underdog. Let's go. (laughs) Jesse said, fuck you, let's go. That's right. And third, you empower the jury. You stop holding them as the enemy or as victimless or as victims who have no uh, power in their lives. And you do all the things that I say in my book to empower them. But the first empowerment starts in your mind. These are the other underdogs. We're coming together, the three of you, you, your client, and the jury to right a wrong. And it's a big, huge thing we're asking them to do. And boy, can they do it because you believe in them. The minute you start to think, who hears it kill me and these people are awful and I've got, they're this big obstacle I have to overcome. No, they're not. They too are underdogs. Embrace the underdogs of the jury. Stop holding them as hostages. See them as hostages that want to become underdogs, that want to, to forward the hero story and your experience will change. I guarantee you that. The underdog story is powerful because it's real, because we live it every day. So live it. Step into it. Own it. See yourselves as whole. See your clients as whole. Come from that side of the story. They will not give up and neither will you. And that's the story that sells. Not the look at how much has been taken away from them. Look at these sad sacks. And this is horrible, is it not? This is awful. That's not inspiring. It's not. It's the person who's been taken, take, so much taken away from them and continues to keep going. That's the inspiring story. You, my friends, inspire me every day. And so I just want to remind you of who you really are and invite you to step into that. Hope this has been helpful. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.